Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to focus on opportunity costs. But before we do that, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and wisdom that we need to face the challenges or circumstances we find ourselves in. We know that you love us and that you have a great plan for us. Allow us to yield to you. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's talk about opportunity costs. If you've taken business classes or been in business meetings, the term opportunity cost could come up. And what that means, basically, is in, in most decisions, in almost every financial decision we make, there's different opportunities. And a way that I change the language from business words to just more practical words is, if we say yes to this, what are we saying no to? So if we say yes to either a purchase or maybe not spending money, saving money, maybe borrowing money, maybe selecting a school for our children, a college for our teens, if we say yes to this, What are we saying no to? You see, everything's going to have a trade-off, but not all things are equal. And again, this is where we can kind of look at our bigger plan that we've established. We should have established it. And these types of decisions, we can hold it up to that, right? And say, okay, here's all the things we're trying to accomplish, we're trying to do. If we say yes to this particular thing that's in front of us now, what are we saying no to? So I'm going to give a little example of how this plays out in life. So not too long ago, I was speaking with a friend who had purchased a home a year or two back. And I remember a brief conversation about their transaction. Now, I don't insert my opinions. I have a lot of opinions. I don't insert my opinions into my friend's financial decisions. If they ask me, I'm usually more than happy to give my opinion But I'm primarily trying to be there as a support, uh, as a friend, not an ever-analyzing financial coach poised, ready to pounce if I see danger. I mean, if I truly have a concern or think there's a big thing they're missing, I'm going to bring it up in a loving, caring way. But in this case, when I had heard the transaction, it all sounded pretty reasonable. It was a good down payment. It was a manageable monthly payment. And I really didn't have a concern based on the information I had. Now, our conversation um, recently, we were discussing an expected uh, baby due in the coming months, and I offered congratulations, but his excitement didn't seem to be there as I would expect. I, I asked if there was a problem. He told me that when they bought the house, the plan was to have a baby eventually and cross any other bridges when they came to them, and I encouraged him saying, well, the house is big enough for three people. He said that wasn't the concern. His wife had recently suggested she wanted to stay home 
to raise the baby. He told me when they, they bought the home, they had made the decision based on both his and his wife's income. They had briefly discussed what an impact a baby might have, but they decided to kick that conversation down the road until it was a reality. Uh, so I dug into the numbers a little bit. Their take-home pay was about 7800 per month. Their mortgage payment was 2700 per month. They have plenty of money to do what they want. But now if his wife were to stay home, the take-home pay dropped to about five grand. They also had a $400 car payment, and between other living expenses, they were going to be in a pretty tough situation. I told him she needs to keep working and find a daycare that fits the budget, or she can stay at home, and one of you guys might have to take up a side hustle to close the gap unless there's other expenses that they can drop to significantly kind of relieve the pressure that this was going to impact them with. So the question might be, well, what does this have to do with opportunity costs? Well, they bought that home. When they bought it, they locked in that large fixed expense without thinking about items that might come up down the road, right? They, they briefly talked about it and said, ah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when they come to it. And maybe this pregnancy happened a little sooner than they thought. But did he think he was going to be making maybe significantly more when they had a baby? You know, as guys, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, as guys, we tend to think that we can just out earn our problems. Uh, Women tend to think we'll be fine if we've got a good savings, a good emergency fund. Again, there's two huge spectrums, guys and gals there. They overlap a bit too, but, but it's a very common thought that a guy might think, hey, when we have the baby, I'll just be making more. Everything will be fine. The problem is when you don't really look at all the different ways a, a, a significant decision like a home purchase and how that could impact future directions, right? If we say yes to this, what are we saying no to? If we say yes to this home with this home payment, are we saying no that we're not going to be able to have one of the parents decide they want to stay home to raise the child? Are we saying no to putting enough money towards retirement? Are we saying no to be able to tithe and be generous to those people around us, right? So there's different things we want to make sure we're looking at, right? If, if, if all they really talked to in great detail was the mortgage loan officer or the realtor, they probably, again, that they're, you know, from the information I had when they had mentioned it to back when they were buying the house, a quick rundown, it all sounded pretty like, yeah, in this vacuum of this transaction, these numbers look pretty great. Like this isn't a crazy thing to do. But if that other information that doesn't find its way onto paper, like, and when we have kids, I might want to stay home with them. If we don't know that, that's it's harder to make these types of decisions. So again, how how can we make sure that you know we're we're looking at as much stuff as we can? We say, hey, if we say yes to this, what are we saying no to? Now, there are many things that can kind of pollute our minds when we face with these big decisions. Like, what do I want right now? Right? If, if we go into a big transaction, I'll use this home purchase again. We're tired of renting. We've saved up. Let's just buy this thing. Right? It's the only thing that we can find in our price range. Well, maybe look a little beyond the price range as in the lower end of the price range to see if there's something there 
that maybe you'll be a little lighter on the finances and create some more opportunity down the road. You know, there's, I have another example. Uh, if we say yes to this, what are we saying no to? In the past year and a half, we've seen used vehicle prices go up really, really high. And recently, a friend of mine reached out to me and said, hey, we need a new family vehicle, you know, a different family vehicle, not necessarily a brand new one. We needed a new to us family vehicle. And here's our options. And the one option they gave was a used one that just felt super, super overpriced or a brand new one, which was, let's call it $10,000 more than the overpriced used one. But the brand new one was also very expensive, right? And, you know, a week after you buy a brand new car, now it's a used car, right? And the used one didn't seem deplorable. Like it was just going to, the wheels are going to start popping off and the thing's not going to work anymore. And my friend called me up and said, Paul, what do you think? And again, it's hard to sometimes make these types of decisions or even recommendations or weary sometimes of giving my opinion if it's in a total vacuum. And I said, well, the first thing would be, do you have cash to pay for it? And he answered, yes. I said, either brand new or brand uh, or used? He said, yes. I said, okay. And that's beyond emergency fund or anything else? He said, yes. I said, okay. I said, if, if it's me, I would want to think about you know, any other obligations I think I might have. Uh, am I tithing to church? Am I giving to God what he asks of me? Uh, do I have any other debt that maybe I should be paying off that it just I shouldn't have? The answer to those was, yes, they're, they're tithing, they're being generous. No, they don't have any other debt to pay off. I was like, okay. I said, the last thing to think about is three, four years down the road, is there going to be a moment when you go, man, we wish you had that extra 10 grand right now, right? Because even a brand new car for three, four, five years down the road, I mean, tires, tires have gotten expensive. Last time I got tires on our vehicle was almost a thousand bucks, right? So these, these things can come up. And if we just have this tunnel vision of looking at the transaction that's just in front of us and not really thinking beyond that of, okay, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? We might easily, months or a year down the road, look back and regret one of these transactions. So it's worth the little bit of exercise as a, a husband and wife. It's it's usually a really good discussion point to say, look, here's our plan. Here's our priorities. Here's this transaction, buying a home, buying a car, you know, my, my son is a junior in high school and we are looking at colleges and universities and, you know, work study programs, scholarships to apply for because uh, we don't want any student loan debt. And we're trying to come up with what what schools are actually options financially to us and based on the field of study that he wants to go into. And we have to ask ourselves if, if we say yes to the school, what are we going to be saying no to, right? What options are we going to limit ourselves to if we say yes? And and so that's a, a great discussion that my wife and I are having now. It's one that we're inviting our son into because children don't get to practice, right? Doing financial 
adult financial transactions. And many times, and if we could think back for most of us, our financial education was mostly learning from our mistakes. If we're smart, we're learning from other people's. If our school was awesome, they had some type of personal finance class. But I I teach personal finance right now to high school seniors, and it's hard for them to think past the end of the year. Forget about like adult transactions. I know I'm just trying to plant some seeds that at some point in life they'll hear something and it'll remind them of, oh, Mr. Scarphone said this, that, or the other thing in relation to this. I think I know what I need to do here, or I think I know what questions I need to ask myself to determine what I need to do here. And and so when we, we're dealing with these types of things, when we're dealing with these opportunity costs, right, there's different trade-offs that we need to, to look at. A great way to teach it with your kids is, uh, if, if it's not financially related, it can be time-related. Recently, my son, who's a junior, he had the opportunity... I think to maybe go to a football game or play golf or something like that. It was, I remember the exact situation, but it was two things he really wanted to do. And he was looking at me and he looked very upset. I said, what's wrong? He's like, I want to do both. I said, well, you can't do both. You got to just pick one. And I smiled, looking at him and I said, this is a huge huge learning opportunity for you here because they're both good things. They're both fun things. You want to do both of them, but you only have enough time to do one. And you get to pick which one do you think you're going to enjoy most? Which one do you think is actually better for you? Whether it be a better environment to be in, a better situation, an opportunity to learn. Like what value are you putting on these different things and which one will rise to the top? And having the memory like I do, which sometimes details escape it. I don't remember which one it was or which one he picked in doing. But he did what he, you know, the one he selected. He was very happy with it. And he was a little disappointed that he didn't get to do the other thing as well. But it's those types of moments that if we can phrase them right and, you know, paint the perspective for our kids so that they can learn in these types of situations when there's no real great cost to them, but there's still great value in their learning, that's going to help them big time when they get faced with these other decisions. None of us like hearing the word no, but if we're going to be successful in many things in life, and finances are one of those things, we have to be able to tell ourselves no. But having the opportunity to learn and practice this type of exercise, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to, is key. And when we face some of these decisions and we're looking at our budget, and this works for big long-term planning things when we're rearranging some of our long-term goals, it also works for things that pop up, right? Being on a family vacation, all of a sudden you see an excursion that you hadn't really thought of, and you go, well, it's not like we're going to magically make some more money appear here. So if we say yes to this, what other things on our schedule are we going to say no to? And is it worth swapping them out like that? So it's it's one of the toughest things to do uh, because we don't know all the unknowns in the future. But when we make some of these decisions, if we create space 
so that if there are some unknowns that we haven't thought of that we're going to be able to tackle, like it just, it gives us some room for flexibility. And again, all of this just ties back to how are we putting ourselves in a position that we can effectively respond to the Lord if he calls us to do something else, right? It adds that flexibility to our life and the opportunity that if we need to pivot, we're in a spot that we can do that. Hopefully this was helpful. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.